this podcast is not intended for the purpose of diagnosing or providing mental health advice. Although we may have a lot of life experience on these topics, we are not professionals or experts. If you are struggling or need help, please contact your healthcare provider or a registered mental health clinician for your own unique circumstances. Thank you. episode, we will be covering topics that may be triggering for some listeners, so feel free to skip it if these topics or discussions feel unsafe to you. We always aim to create a space which is welcoming to all walks of life and experiences. However, the content of this space does include discussions about trauma and mental health issues. If you have any specific triggers you feel we should know about, don't hesitate to message us at youruncomfortzonepod on Instagram and we will do our best to include them at the beginning of the episode. Thank you. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Your Uncomfort Zone, where we discuss and explore creativity, culture, and healing through lifestyle. So before I get into the episode contents, I just want to thank you guys so much for all of the amazing feedback and messages on my very first podcast. Um, I honestly got super emotional when I posted it because I was getting so much support and love from you guys and it it truly does mean the world to me. Um, I got so many nice compliments and some really great advice too. Um, Some compliments that I wasn't expecting as well. Like, some of you guys say that you like my voice and, like, the way that I speak, which I thought was kind of, I kind of laughed a little bit, like, because more at myself, I guess. I just have never considered myself to be a good speaker and, you know, I don't know, it's just not something I ever really considered. I was always kind of self-conscious of my voice in a lot of ways, um, so I'm glad you guys like it, um. Yeah, so I know it's only the beginning, but I can't wait to see how this podcast grows and how I grow through this and how you guys grow through this. And I'm learning so much all the time. Um, I I also have a pal who I want to mention um, on this podcast today. He has his own podcast and I've been listening to that podcast for a few years now, I think which is kind of crazy because it really doesn't feel like it's been that long, but he's got so many episodes. And like, I think back to like listening to certain episodes when I was like going on my morning run and I was listening to it when I was still living at my old apartment and yeah, it's just wild. But anyway, um, his podcast is called the super adult podcast. So shout out to Brad for being, fucking solid dude. Um, he's been a big encouragement and he's given me some really great advice on how to organize all of these thoughts and ideas that are just fucking swirling around and like screaming inside of my brain. Um, that imagery is probably a little bit horrifying. Uh, anyway, um, today's topic is on self-care and self-soothing. Um, so we'll be exploring and discussing what the differences are between the terms I'm sorry, I'm laughing a bit. Uh, I just keep thinking. I just have this like weird image of 
shit just swirling around in my brain like a tornado. But anyway, um, so yeah, we'll be discussing what the differences are between these terms and how they're helpful tools or harmful habits, depending on how you use them. Just a heads up, uh, there may be some discussion on self-harming and impulsive behaviors in this episode. Nothing explicit, of course, but I think it's important that I mention that before we get into things. Also, I'm recording this in my living room, so if you hear any weird sounds, it might be my cat. It might be some loud cars outside. Um, So, you know, just we're working with what we got here. Um, So, yeah, if... Talking about these things makes you feel unsafe. Please feel free to skip this episode and sit this one out. Okay, without further ado, let's get this show started. Okay, so I know I have some plant moms listening, so hopefully this comparison strikes a chord. Or maybe you're not into plants, and that's okay. I'm sure that you can still get a little nugget of insight from this analogy anyway. In a lot of ways, self-care is a bit like taking care of a plant. I don't know, maybe it's the vegan in me talking, but I think we have a lot in common. Like, we both need sunlight. We don't get a lot of sunlight here in Newfoundland, so think of it more as the brighter things in life. We need water and food, so we both need nourishment. And we need an environment to grow in. And when we outgrow that home that we have, we need to move into a different space. So I really do think that people can kind of become pot-bound in a way, you know? Sometimes plants get sick too. My sister is obsessed with her plants. And I've seen her get really frustrated with them when they start to show signs that they're not feeling too hot. She's pretty good at this stuff. And she made sure to do some research on how much sunlight each plant needs, how often they need to be watered, you know, that sort of thing. They're really temperamental little guys, some of them. And the frustrating part is they vary a lot in how they show us that they might not be doing well. A great environment or even care methods might be great for one plant, but not for another. Just like people. My sister has this one plant, and it was giving her grief for a few months. The leaves were turning brown and falling off, and it looked like the little guy just needed more water. So she increased how often she watered the plant. But of course, you can't water plants too much, or their roots can rot, and you can kind of drown them. The cell walls and their leaves can burst, leading to more problems, right? So, you can't do that. Anyway, that didn't work for her. The overwatering didn't help at all. So, she checked to see if it was pot-bound, or maybe there might be something going on with its roots. It was almost ready for a new pot, but nothing crazy. She decided to move it to another pot anyway, with some nice, fresh soil, but still, the leaves kept turning brown and falling off. They were so brown and dry, they were kind of crispy, like he was just asking to be watered, but the soil was damp, so what do you do? After some time had passed, and she'd exhausted herself trying to keep her tiny green sun from withering away, 
she tried something different as kind of a last attempt. She went to the gardening center and bought some fertilizer. She measured out the perfect amount in a huge glass pitcher, and over the course of a few weeks, she'd water the crispy little guy with the mixture. And it worked. No more dying leaves. Her plant was better than ever. And I think that this is the perfect way to describe self-care. When used properly, it can be an amazing tool to help get us through uncomfortable times. It can be used to nourish and help our bodies and brains grow strong and resilient. But that's only if we're actually in tune with our needs. Listen, I like a bath bomb from Lush as much as the next millennial white girl, but there's definitely something to be said about having too much of a good thing. Like, like overwatering plants, taking long baths, binge watching TV, they're all great and they feel great, but are they really self-care? Are they what we need? Or are we simply just soothing ourselves? Stay tuned. We'll be exploring this a bit after I take a quick little break. So this episode will include some terminology you might not be familiar with. So I'd like to take a moment to explain a few things. Self-care is essentially a practice or a set of behaviors which aims at reducing the negative impacts of life or stress on your mental health. You're all probably familiar with these like kind of cute little self-care checklists that have been floating around the internet for a few years. And I think the first time I saw one was probably when I was still on Tumblr. So I was 18 or 19, probably maybe 17. So on these lists, you might see things like take a bubble bath or have a spa day, binge watch your favorite TV show or play video games, stay in your pajamas or treat yourself to new clothes or makeup, that sort of thing. This is often how self-care shows up in our lives or the lives of loved ones. And these little luxuries can kind of boost your mood and relax you temporarily anyway. I've definitely used some of these in my life when I've been stressed or I'm having a bad brain day, as I like to call them. But after a while, I realized that most of the time these things were not really all that helpful in the long run. And there were times that I actually got frustrated with myself when they didn't work. For a while, I kind of rolled my eyes a bit at self-care or rather what the internet made me think self-care was. Taking a bubble bath or buying a new dress didn't make me feel less depressed or want to self-harm any less. I felt like a pot of water that was boiling with the lid on it. I felt like I was going to boil over at any moment. On my bad brain days, I'd revisit these lists, but the contents of these posts did not ease any of the anxiety I felt for longer than an hour or so. And the second I was alone with my own thoughts, it all came back. And that's when I realized something. The things on these lists were more intended for soothing than actually helping the issues causing the distress. Kind of like how a tired and cranky baby will sometimes stop crying when you give them a pacifier. The pacifier might help relax or soothe the baby until it gets what it needs. Eventually the baby just has to go the fuck to sleep. 
After reading deeper into self-care, I realized that there were tons of lists that don't actually include things like staying in bed all day, which to me has always looked a little bit more like depression than actual self-care. Not that, you know, you should stay in bed when you're sick or something. You know, that's completely different. But on these other lists, I was seeing things like making a doctor's appointment that you've been avoiding, cleaning your room because depression caves are absolutely a thing, asking for what you need from people or yourself, talking to a therapist. It's a really big one. You know, practicing challenging your negative self-thoughts or thoughts about others and practicing self-compassion. Self-care is a much more broad concept than I originally realized, and I also learned that the set of behaviors on the first checklist that I saw were something called self-soothing behaviors. So these are kind of coping mechanisms or actions that people use to soothe negative emotions. They're a bit like pacifiers in a way. These soothing behaviors are just one small aspect of self-care. And what I mean by that is they can absolutely be part of self-care, but they're not the only things that we can or maybe should be doing to help ourselves feel better. Self-soothing is not always helpful and it can actually be harmful sometimes, especially if we're using them in the way that a lot of us do to avoid the discomfort of facing an obstacle or challenge within our lives or ourselves. And I've done it a thousand times. We all do it. It's a part of being a human being, I think. And it's okay. And before you say it, I'm not trying to shame anyone for spending money on themselves or ordering sushi so they can eat it in the bubble bath that they've drawn for themselves. We all need and deserve these moments. It's just that I don't think it's healthy to be doing these things all of the time if we're not taking some kind of action, no matter how small that action is, to actually improve our lives. I said this in the last episode, but coddling our feelings can be really detrimental to our recovery and development and growth as people. Soothing actually doesn't always help you cope with your stuff and it doesn't help you grow as a person. So soothing does not equal coping and soothing does not equal growth. I've actually even seen people using the label self-care as an excuse to do things that are actually harmful to their own recovery or harmful to their well-being. Like some things that come to mind are things like binge drinking or binge eating and excessive spending, which is actually something that I definitely struggled with in my early 20s. And in and around the time that I started learning and practicing what I thought was self-care. So you can see you, you kind of have to fix those underlying problems if you want to learn how to get better and be better. Resting, spending a day in your pajamas, and treating yourself to little luxuries can all be part of that, absolutely. Just remember that what you want and what you need are often not the same thing. And in fact, they might be the opposite. And in my experience, they're often the opposite. The next time you think you might need a little self-care or you feel uncomfortable, think of my sister's prayer plant. Her name is Alma, by the way, the plant, not my sister. Finding a balance between self-care and self-soothing really can be trial and error. And it really is different for everyone, just like with plants. So ask what you need and what you want 
and find balance, find what works for you and be gentle with yourself. So I'd like to end off the show with our letters section of the episode, which is the segment where I share some of our listeners' experiences and insights on a specific topic. I asked you guys some questions about self-care and I got some great responses. Um, I couldn't include them all, so you'll definitely hear those responses in future episodes and I'll probably draw from the responses that I talk about in today's episode. The first one is actually from a friend of mine, Nick Metis, and he wrote, I've learned some hard lessons over the past few years. Definitely not the same person I was back then and proud of it. I guess a big lesson that comes to mind is being okay with who you are, being comfortable in your own skin, being self-aware of your own faults and reactions, and letting go of the people that don't fit in your life anymore, or what a relationship or lack thereof looks like, and being okay with that. All these things have come from seeing a therapist over the last few years and the conversations I've had and the concepts that I've put into practice. I would encourage everyone to see one. It may take a while to see the progress. It doesn't come overnight. Even finding the right therapist for you may take some time. Because that's the real goal in life, isn't it? Trying to be better. Trying to do better. And then he wrote, great first episode, by the way. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to send me your story, and I'm glad that you're doing well, and it's really amazing to see someone that you know on their journey through growth and therapy. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I think this message hits on a bunch of things that I've covered in today's episode, and some things that I definitely want to do some future episodes on. One big one is that I really empathize with the process of letting people go or letting go of relationships. So they could be platonic, they could be family relationships or romantic relationships. I think that this can absolutely be self-care and sometimes you have to recognize how you might be affecting a person or how that person affects you or even maybe if they fit into your life anymore. And that can be a very freeing thing and it doesn't have to be a toxic situation either for that absence to be better for you. Um, I also love your points about therapy. And I think like any form of healthcare, therapy is and should be an essential and accessible form of self-care for everybody. Finding the right therapist and doing the inner work is so good for the brain and the mind and your overall well-being. And you're right. The goal is to be better and to do better. And I'm so proud of you. Um, just keep keep doing the amazing work and keep working on your personal growth. It's amazing. And my next letter is from a person who wanted to remain anonymous. Uh, and he wrote his message more about like the physical side of self-care and taking care of the body. So he wrote... Motivation is the best thing for starting a workout, but discipline and dedication is what allows a person to maintain a routine. Working on going to the gym when you despise the idea is way more important than going when you have the motivation. I feel like this advice mirrors life. Motivation and passion is what drives others to perfect a craft, but it's the discipline and focus that allows us to perfect it and ourselves. In essence, you have to recognize what is good for you despite what is most convenient for you at the time. 
So I think the Anon here touched on a few points. Um, the main one being allowing yourself space to be uncomfortable, but also giving yourself the space to work through that discomfort or lack of motivation. I also loved your point on recognizing what's good for you, because like I said before, you have to do what you need over what you want sometimes. Being in tune with your body and your body's needs is so important when taking care of your physical and your mental health. And I think it's great that you have that self-awareness when it comes to your physical fitness and overall health. Thank you so much for writing in. As always, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I really appreciate all the love and the feedback I've been getting from you lovely little humans. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify and the Anchor app so you don't miss an episode. And also follow me on Instagram at youruncomfortzonepod. Share it with a friend. Share it with your family. Share it with your cat. Share it with your dog if you think it might be useful content for them. Also, if you have any feedback or questions or comments or pictures of your cats um, or even something you might like for me to cover in a future episode, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, There's so much more to cover when it comes to self-care and we will absolutely be revisiting this discussion in the future. For now, though, thank you for listening and have the sweetest day. Bye.